Now, comic potential is not in short supply in international politics today. There's a comedian literally in charge of the Ukraine. We have a comedian, the Prime Minister of Britain, until tomorrow. Joe Biden's comic potential is literally unfathomable in the depths to which it could sink. Donald Trump, not much less so. So you'd think the field was wide open for one of the most brilliant comedians in America, except for the fact he is the most censored comedian in America. But that ought to make you sit up and take notice. Because the book they try to ban always goes to the top of the bestseller list. And when he appears in the East End of London in October, on the 12th of October, the very night that we begin, the midweek mother of all talk shows, I reckon it will be standing room only. I hope so, because I'm going to open the show for the one and only writer, comedian, comic genius that is Lee Camp. Lee, welcome once again uh, to the show. We'll uh, come back to the London appearance. I'll be asking what that's all about. But I'm right, Amantai. There must never have been a better time to be writing about comedy and politics. Good to be on here, Mr. Galloway. Good to see you. Uh, you are phenomenal yourself, so thank you for all the kind words. Uh, it's great to hear from you. But yes, this is an amazing time to be able to do comedy about politics. But the sad thing is, you have all these comedians, <clears throat> you know, and I'll speak for the United States, although you have plenty of wonderful ones in the UK as well. You have all these comedians, and they're on the front of every television show. They run every late night show, and they cannot even begin to truly question the core of the establishment. They'll go after this politician or that politician, but they'll never get at the heart of it. They'll never truly call America or the American empire out for our war crimes. And so <clears throat> you have all these comedians that worship at, you know, the, the, the throne of George Carlin or Bill Hicks, but they don't actually do what Carlin or Hicks did, which was question the U.S. empire. They just are the comedians we have today. And some of them actually are Brits who come to the United States and get uh, late night shows. And they will not question the actual core, the actual heart of the U.S. empire. Well, we're very glad to have gotten rid of them, I must tell you, uh, better out than in. <laughs> Uh, is the view of most of us. And you're quite wrong if you think we've got lots of great comedians here in Britain. We don't. Uh, the comedians here are part of uh, the liberal establishment. That means you agree with them on lots of things if you are politically progressive. But they refuse to go to the heart of the matter, just as you describe they refuse to do so in the United States. So they end up, uh, I'll give you an example, uh, Jeremy Corbyn, uh, who had a lot of uh, weaknesses in his game and, uh, and uh, was no real fundamental threat to the ruling elite in the country, but he was enough of a danger to them uh, that the message went out 
that everyone should punch down on Jeremy Corbyn. And the comedian class all did it, almost to a man and woman. Uh, have I got news for you? Uh, mock the weak. Uh, all these right-on lefty comedians that would have worshipped the likes of Carlin and Hicks, in the end, did the dirty on the only possible alternative there was that might have got to the heart of the matter. That's the problem we've got, isn't it? Yeah, and the exact same thing happened in the United States with uh, with Bernie Sanders, also with Jill Stein, who ran uh, in the Green Party 2012 and 2016. And, you know, that is actually topical right now because Jill Stein and the Green Party were the ones talking about canceling student debt. It was one of their big platform planks, and they were made fun of. They were mocked. The idea of canceling student debt was just ridiculous. And one of the most known comedians to do segments on how insane Jill Stein and the Green Party were was none other than John Oliver in the United States from your fine country. But, uh, but, uh, you know, now here we are. Joe Biden is talking about canceling a portion. Of course, he would never do the actual deed of canceling student debt, but canceling a portion of student debt, exactly as Green Party and Jill Stein had said. So these clowns run around just, you're right, punching down, punching at the third party, punching at the people who are outside of the main two party, which is really one party corporate elite. And, uh, and, and, you know, here we are with that being the ideas that the Democrats pick up on, but then the Democrats water them down and dilute them so that they're not threatening the corporate America. The same thing was done with universal health care in the United States, which was a Green Party idea, and uh, the Green New Deal, which was a Green Party idea in the United States. And then it was picked up by the Democrats, called the Green New Deal, but watered down. All of the military commentary was taken out of it. Uh, and, and basically the Democrats want to own it as their idea, but take out anything that's threatening to the, the true vampire parasites that actually run the show. Vampire parasites is a phrase that will live. Now tell us about the censorship to which I alluded earlier. How far has it gone and what can we do about it, Lee? Yeah, I mean, the so there was the outright real extreme censorship, in-your-face censorship that happened to me and everyone at RT America, uh, you know, a, a few months ago, having uh, RT America shut down due to U.S. sanctions. I know that uh, RT UK was also shut down by sanctions in your country. Um, and But then on top of that, YouTube took the added step of banning globally uh, my entire channel, 250,000 subscribers, thousands of videos, all banned globally, can never be viewed again. Uh, you know, it's the digital equivalent of burning books. And on the, in that same week, my podcast, one of my podcasts was removed from Spotify. And, and then on top of that is the ongoing censorship that I've faced since really 2016, since Bernie Sanders uh, came very close to winning the Democratic nomination. And since that time, my Facebook page and all my other platforms <clears throat> have been incredibly suppressed uh, shadow banned, really. I calculated it just two days ago, and my Facebook page, despite having 330,000 followers, a post was shown to 0.0005%. It is basically shown to no one. 
so, you know, it, it, it's the digital equivalent of you spend 10 years building up a restaurant in a neighborhood and then the city comes and puts a wall in front of it and says, well, the sidewalk is public territory. So we're putting a wall here and blocking it off. Sorry if that hurts your business a little bit. Uh, it, it just destroys the ability to reach people. So yeah, in many ways, I am the most censored comedian in America. Meanwhile, you can be racist or, or, you know, uh, homophobic or all of those things and be some of the most known comedians in America, have giant Netflix specials, uh, all this garbage. So, you know, the idea that those are the censored comedians, those comedians are tired of being canceled, et cetera, while they have the biggest platforms in the world. No, it's when you go after uh, the, the corporate rulers, the empire. It's when you go after the war criminals uh, like Joe Biden, Donald Trump, Obama, Bush, all are. When you do that, that's when you really become too threatening to be allowed on these, even on the digital platforms, not to mention the television platforms. And so you're you're having to go back to olden times, aren't you? You're having to tramp the boards in theatres. But I suppose even there, there is danger of uh, of venues uh, cancelling and so on. Yeah, actually, this is the first time I've really experienced this. Uh, we had multiple venues say they couldn't work with us because uh, we have have called to attention the actual truth behind the proxy war in Ukraine, the reality of it. Uh, you know, and, and that is the first time I've seen that at, at live comedy venues because these live comedy venues will host some of the most, you know, disgusting, repulsive comedians out there. But apparently they won't work with someone who actually speaks the facts, uh, about the proxy war in Ukraine. So uh, yeah, I, I hadn't dealt with that before particularly. Um, but it, you know, th this isn't new. This has been done before, but I guess it hasn't been done as much recently. But, you know, Lenny Bruce was one of our most famous stand-up comedians in the United States. But when he came out against religion and against, uh, the, the government, then the cops started arresting him for his stage shows. They would sit in the audience and arrest him. They then started, uh, arresting bar owners for having him on stage. And he ultimately OD'd on drugs, but really he was driven to his death. It's, it's kind of a, a, you know, murder without the murder charge, uh, scenario. And, and they really succeeded in, in destroying him. And that was back in the, you know, sixties. So, uh, this has happened before in the United States, despite us supposedly being the land of the free and free speech. Uh, we are anything but. We are the largest prison state in the world, and we claim to be the land of the free. So that tells you something. It's uh, it's a new McCarthyism, but it is worse than McCarthy. Uh, McCarthy affected uh, civil servants. He affected uh, Hollywood uh, to uh, quite a significant extent, but not the uh, whole of the population. This new McCarthyism, is look, it's hard luck for thee and me, very hard luck in both of our cases. But it's worse than that. It means that there's a whole public out there, apart from the zero 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 point two five that are being allowed to read your stuff, uh, is kept ignorant of even the existence of the other side of the story. That's the real danger of it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's keeping people ill-informed and uninformed. And that's really the goal of it. 
you know, they, they are fine with debate. People like to say, well, what do you mean that something's uh, an opinion, not even opinions? What do you mean a, a point of view is, uh, is censored? I, I turn on the TV and I see them debating every day, two sides. It's like, those aren't the real two sides. Those two sides are within a tiny Overton window, a tiny window of allowable thought for your corporate rulers that really own this system. And, you know, you could see people debating, but it's not a real debate. It's a debate between bombing Syria next week and bombing them this week. That's not a real debate. The real debate is why are we at war? Why are, why are we run by a country run by war criminals? Those type of debates are the real debate, but that is carefully purged from your public airwaves and it keeps people really desperately ill-informed and you know that's why i'm so excited to to do these live shows and so excited that we'll get to have you on the show uh october 12th yeah i I was going to turn to that now london is getting ready to welcome you uh tell us about that show uh but also the extent to which you think that uh Formerly, two countries divided by a common language, uh, we are actually becoming, whether we like it or not, uh, one country, one Anglosphere. Our politics are almost the same. Our political and economic problems are almost the same. And our culture is beginning to merge also, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's, it's sickening to see. I think that part of this proxy war that the U.S. has carefully crafted in Ukraine, you know, I'm, I'm opposed to the Russian invasion at the same time as I am adult enough to understand what pushed them to that point. Uh, and the reason that part of the reason there are several, but part of the reason the U.S. wanted this proxy war was it forces much of Europe back into the feudal and the UK back into the feudal state position that they were starting to get out of. They were starting to make deals with Russia, deals with China. And this really helped push them back into that feudal state position underneath the United States. Uh, but like you're saying, we're, we're also seeing kind of the corporate takeover of culture, uh, creating a very homogenous landscape, uh, you know, and, and not just with countries, but uh, across the U.S. I've toured most of the United States and most cities look essentially the same. The, the, the corporations that own the downtown are the same. Uh, they, they look very much the same. And that it's incredibly sad to see that these cities that used to have the vibrant difference style of life has all been homogenized and crushed by a a corporate takeover. And I'm sure that's what you're speaking about is happening in Britain as well. Uh, so it, it really is uh, sad to see. Tell us then in the minute we've got left, uh, where do people get tickets for the London gig? Uh, yeah, it's so leadcamp.com is the best place to go. Uh, just click on the schedule tab and it'll have the tickets there. And it'll be a combination of your, your awesome opening, which I'm excited for, uh, stand up comedy with me and Graham Elwood. And then we do a live podcast of, it's called Government Secrets. It's all about the dirty history of the UK and the US that people have ignored or forgotten. And your mainstream media will never tell you about, but all out there in the open to read about if you wanted to take the time, if people wanted to take the time. And uh, so it's called Government Secrets. So we'll do a live taping of that podcast as well, October 12th in London. LeeCamp.com. Look forward to it, Lee.